uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody kind of who you are and what you did. So, uh, my name's Dave, uh, usually known as Doc. Joined the Navy back in 99. Um, <clears throat> I was unaware that uh, Corman went with the Marines until I was in core school. And they're like, yeah, when do you get out with the Marines? I was like, whoa, thought I was going on a ship. Uh, so spent my first year on uh, with F-18 squadron. Um, maybe got in a little bit of trouble. So they sent me with the Marines. And uh, yeah, I, I Loved it. Loved and hated it. Yeah. So um, we met. It was about. Uh, I was doing the math today. It was about um, eighteen years ago. Yep. In the field, shitty ass twenty nine palms. Fort Irwin, actually. Was it Fort Irwin? Yeah. Oh man, see, because you were uh, light, lame, and lazy. Yeah, that's right. Because they had me attached to sixties, and then eighty ones. And back to 60s and back to 81s again, right to Fort Irwin. That's right. Yep. And that's when I blew my knee up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that we used to sit there in the uh, pool hall and, and uh, play pool and listen to Metallica and went and saw uh, Jan's Helmet Bob. Yep. That was a, that's the only thing he could do out there. They had one radio station that was owned by the Army. It sucked. <laughs> and then we played uh, Nintendo out in the field. Yep. Shooting each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I kicked off the base. <laughs> I don't we, remember that. We all did. Did we? Yeah. Our unit did. So I um when I was on light duty, um, they did this whole war game, I guess, was the Green Berets and a bunch of yeah. so they had us and the Cap platoon and everything yeah. out there. So uh they went out there and dominated them. And the base commander didn't like it, and that's why we left early. So we didn't stay out there the like the full like month we were supposed to. Oh shit! Yeah, I oh. remember uh, the day after I you know I twisted my knee, I was laying there in bed and I remember hearing them coming out. What were they playing? Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> they were running around. The yes, place. yes. That was like <laughs> when we were going into there. All I don't remember a lot. I remember like those crazy ass uh, satellites that they were like, oh, stay away from those. And I remember being in the field trying to sleep and I hear all this rustling and I roll over and I can't remember whoever was on Firewatch but they were like damn doc there was like five coyotes like all over you I was like well, what the fuck were you doing why didn't you you know get, get away I just want to see what they do yep and that's, they stole uh, ripped in a gunny's backpack are you sure that wasn't doc every day it might have been <laughs> just let it happen yeah, yeah. Shh, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> that that same full dire when we were out at um what did we do? Was it Steel Night? I think it was just just for Christmas that year. I don't know if you were with us or not, but uh he was laying out in the field and uh it was like two, three in the morning. I was um getting off a of fire watch and I hear him screaming, Oh, oh <laughs> He got stung about four or five times from like two black scorpions he got in his bag and just lit him up. That was during the day. It was, was it? Yeah, it was the middle of the day. I ended up flying him out. What? Oh, yeah. It was the middle of the day. Because he Who was, was that he got stung even? and apparently he got up in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he got stung twice and there was some swelling in the general area. So I was like, okay, here's some Benadryl. Go away. Man, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I remember. There's a white eagle, or there's a couple other guys. I think that happened to over, over the course of time. And then we moved to beautiful Okinawa. <laughs> yeah. For an 11-month tour. Beautiful, though. It was. If I could do it all again, I uh, definitely would have probably not drank my time away. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think the only thing that me and uh, Travis and, and Derek did uh, besides play the shit out of Halo 1 <laughs> and drink, I, I went to a couple of the PXs. Like, I remember watching The Matrix and all that stuff over there, the, the second and third one. But um, I wish we could have done some more traveling around the island. Yeah. Like, it was it was beautiful. Well, I, I really wish I had started, started scuba diving then. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go out and snorkel three, four times a week. Yeah. And then uh, come in and 
watch all the electrical cords going up and down the hall from where you guys are connecting like all the xboxes and weapons company it's like 16 on 16 yep do what we could man playing playing land halo and little 14 inch color tvs and four of us you know on one tv it was fucking horrible but we had so much fun with that then we had uh what was it uh Jungle Warfare training. Yeah. God, that was a... That sucked. <laughs> Ass. We all went native. native. Was Doing the, to... the survival training for 24 hours, and then we came out thinking we had been out in the field for like a month. <laughs> yeah. And then was you it... crying over uh, me cooking at Turtle. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to eat the turtle. But I didn't I remember just being delirious for lack of sleep. Well, once we put it in the hot water, it started screaming. Yeah. And you're like, Doc, get it out, get it out. <laughs> I was like, hell no, we're eating. It's either that or uh, uh, bamboo shoots. Yeah. And, hey, those uh, were pretty good, though. Yeah. It tastes like artichoke. What were the other thing? They were like a uh, like a pepper leaf. Yeah. It wasn't too terrible. I think we, I think you were a guinea pig on that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> then he had uh, someone called a lizard. Yeah, I remember um, C sixteen. He was in our group, wasn't he? Yep. I remember him trying to go fish or something, and <laughs> something <laughs> happened to him. And then drinking that nasty ass iodine water. Ugh, and tablets. That's when Derek got. Uh, what did he get? Fucking welts all over. Staph infection. Yeah, MRSA. Yeah. All over his body. Not as bad as uh, no. Nick Beverness. Yeah. Good Lord. He almost stepped on a damn uh, habu snake out there. Too. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah, we did. Who caught that? I think it was Nick. Yeah. I think it was. It was pretty tasty. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the, the MRSA, because um, it was me, Derek, and Travis in a room, and he was like, hey, man, can you come over here and clean this? It'd be like on his back. And pop it and just be the yes. worst smelling oh. shit I've ever And I never knew what it was. <laughs> you know, he'd come to me and I'm like draining it and squeezing it and yeah. like, mm. and you know, need to we go went to BAS the, and get a lance. Well, I remember that. Yeah. They, lance, they were lancing it all the yep. time. Packing it. And packing it like, you know, an inch or so of, of iota Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's nasty. Yep. That's the first pictures of that. Yeah. First time I ever heard of MRSA. Yeah, it's the last time I've heard of it too. Nah, so can, not me. Pills. Change your socks, huh? Mm-hmm. Motrin. <laughs> yep. Drink water, Motrin. Change your socks. Then, right after that, we had the. I think it's when you split from us. You went to, well, your next unit right after that. Right after we went to Iraq. Yep. So we got back. We got back. Um. Whenever, you know, after we got extended and uh, I knew you guys were ramping up to uh, get shipped out to Iraq and I was like, <sighs> so I did my best to uh, hightail it so I could miss that <laughs> and uh, got sent over to uh, Little Creek in mm-hmm. Virginia and uh, ended up getting married, mm-hmm. the first one. And uh, like three months after that, I got augmented to go out to Iraq. So I was with one eight out of Lejeune there, and I think it was like two months. Um, I was in in country, and I figured I found out that you guys were in country as well. That was crazy. Whatever they did, or whatever I could do, it didn't work. Ended up there anyways. Yeah, I think uh, I think everybody from the West Coast pretty much ended up out there. Yeah, because we were part of RCT seven. Yeah, but we were. June. Yeah, I guess the uh had a lot of uh amphibious and, and mechanized infantry coming out of there. There was a lot of units out of twenty nine that went out there, you know, obviously you know, desert units and then fighting and combat and um just being a lone, you know, mortarman, you know, I was in FDC and then didn't they didn't really I don't want to say they didn't train us for line platoons because obviously they did. But not like yeah, every Marine's a right. Yeah, guy. right. It's not so much that it was like, um, hey, we're gonna make you a a saw gunner. Yeah, 
Well, you had your soul before. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with all that, but I, I remember Gunny. I guess what I'm getting to is that Gunny, he was trying to make me the RO along with Wiggins <laughs> and the Gunner. Because Wiggins was the radio operator. Yes, yeah, yeah. our main RO. And he was trying to also make me the Gunner on top of that. And just wasn't happening. I, I flipped my shit. <laughs> well, he just knows you like your technological stuff. Yeah. No, well, at least it wasn't a uh, Ford Observer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think all in all, we did all right over there. Um, you know, we, we had a couple things that happened. Um, I know me and you've talked to a lot of different things over the years. And um, I look back and sometimes I even think, you know, what I went through was pretty horrific. And sometimes I think it wasn't as horrific. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys were, um, you know, they got it. They had a worse, a worse end of things than we did. You know, and we got kind of lucky. Um, you know, crossing the border and heading up to uh, Al Assad, and um, it's pretty much open country from up there. And we, yeah, and uh, you you could see what was what was going on for the most part, but it had its bad places. Like we, there's this little town called. Uh, Hit, what do you call it? Heat. Yeah, we we rolled through there mm -hmm. in Rawa. Yeah. So we were pretty much in charge from um, Haditha Dam. Yeah, that's we, where we were. I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, from Haditha, pretty much all the way down to uh, like the outskirts of Ramadi. What's it? What right that? Haklania. Wasn't that the town? In yeah. Haditha? And they had that. Uh, what was that by US one? There was some like. Um, some, some kind of fucking truck stop or some shit out there. Yeah. It was like some, that was like the last place that we went to the end of our tour was that place. And we just, I don't even know why we went there. I don't was even it remember. the ASP? I, I really don't remember why, because it was right by US1, was right there. And it sat down the left-hand side of it. It was like a, a truck stop. You know, you had, you know, um, big 18 wheelers and stuff out there. Um, and there was a little, transport trucks they had with chickens and yeah. shit in there all the time and yeah you know but creepy like, taxis getting pulled by donkeys yeah. <laughs> have a half cars yeah some, some weird shit yeah we um so when we uh, first got there um we were we spent our first day in Al-Assad and one of our company's tents actually caught fire so the whole, I mean, they burned their weapons up, everything, oh, all their shit. gear, gone. That was day two. <laughs> I remember, and I remember the first morning waking up and hearing the prayer. I'm like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, this is nuts, you know, because. There's loudspeakers all through the towns. I mean, yeah, you know, I think Alice Island was what, like two, three miles away from, yeah. um. Al Baghdadi, right there. Yeah, and we used to always joke, like, "Oh, he's over here," <laughs> you know. And you know, what is he saying? I I liked hearing it though. You know, yeah. it was kind of it was weird, but kind of calming. But it just blew my mind. Yeah, it, the it difference. Definitely, it definitely was that uh, out of water type of feel. Like mm -hmm. this is definitely different and hot, hot as shit. Fucking hot. We Fucking we would hot. so. Like after three days of acclimating, we uh, got sent up to Haditha at the dam. I remember I'm there. I got my two sea bags. I got my pack, and I got you know my weapons and everything. And we roll up to the bottom of the dam, and they're like, "Hey, all right, Doc, your uh, BAS is up at the top." I'm like, cool. You get drive me around? <laughs> nope. Are there elevators? Yeah, they don't work. Twenty freaking stories. 20 stories going up, climbing all that up there. Then we get in there and it's hot as hell. You're in this concrete box with everyone else. And it, we would be sleepwalking because it was so hot, repositioning the one little fan that we had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you'd wake up, move it to point at you and then fall asleep. And then the next guy would do it and <laughs> you'd get so <laughs> pissed off, but you don't even realize you're moving it. You're yeah. just like, my body's like, you're going to die if you don't get some air. Yeah. Yeah, we came up there a couple of times, um, brought snipers up there, and I think Fox Company, and a couple other guys we'd rotate in and out, because we were QRF, that's what we did. Oh, yeah. And um, 
I was attached to ours for a while. It wasn't bad. Um, I remember when we got up there, uh, Russian AZs were out there. Mm. And, hmm. it's just, you know, try to be nice, you know, say hi to them. Just stoic motherfuckers. Obviously, they didn't know English. You know, yeah. they, they didn't know what was going on. They just knew. Well, I remember those buoys out there. Yeah. And nobody was allowed past those buoys. Yeah. You went past the buoys. Yeah, sure. The Russians. Yeah. Didn't give a shit. Well, see, when we were there, I guess that got taken over by Azerbaijanis. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time they were like, oh, they're Azerbaijani. I'm like, that's not even a real fucking country. You're just (laughs) making this up. Yeah. But they only knew two words. And one was the, uh, you know, the the password. And the other one was the, uh, you know, the the other word. I can't, I'm having a brain fart there. But if you didn't say it, they asked to get lit up. Mm And we had showers. I learned there's only certain times that you go in the little showers because some of the Azerbaijani buddies really enjoyed their shower time together. Oh. Yeah. You walk in and Special. you just whoop. <laughs> Turn around, butt face, walk out. I'll just use my my uh, baby wipes. Right. I, You know, they were, they were telling the stories like that, um, you know, on the way to Iraq, you know, through Kuwait and stuff. Like, oh, he's like, you know, uh, the Iraqis, you know, they they dig foxholes. And what do you think they do in the foxholes? And, you know, when we were over there, I saw, I think, like once. Yeah. You know, some guys, and it wasn't even, we were literally on the way to Al-Assad, uh, south of Baghdad somewhere. And uh, just look out in the field, you, you see two of the... <laughs> Iraqi civil defense guys out there just coming out together, like pulling up their pants. <laughs> completely pulling up their pants. Let me push your stool in, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It was very uh very different over there, that's that's for sure. We had to put a padlock on our uh, port of shitter outside of their aid station. Cause we got some of these Iraqi special forces guys and they would train up there at the top and you know Man, you walk in and it, it's like they repainted the whole inside with shit because they just take their hand and wipe it and, and it's yeah bruh. yeah oh it's horrible was it never uh, never shake the left hand mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> couldn't figure that out at first I get it yeah we I was like yeah. all right no <laughs> it's bad enough that we have to use a hundred and sixty degree inside a porta shitter. That's already completely full of crap, but now it's on the walls and the sides, and you know where are you going to get your alone time? Well, the same porter shitter where everybody else yes, was, was exactly just passing around the same penthouse or the mm-hmm. same Playboy. Yeah, and it was literally you know you walking past the next guy as you get out. I was like, here you go, buddy. Yeah, you're up. See how fucking things just are rocking. You know, <laughs> one a minute later, here you go, buddy. One of our one of our other corpsmen, he uh he had a portable DVD player. Oh god, yeah, buddy. He, pimp, he pimped sure. that thing out. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I don't remember the price, but I'm sure he made some good money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't even with us, <clears throat> there wasn't a whole lot of stuff like that. Now, port portable DVD players, I should say. Yeah. Now I remember about um so when we first got there, we were living in these like massive GP tents. Yes. Out there. Yeah. You know, these uh, sandstorms were coming through. Soaked in kerosene. Yeah. Because that's smart. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But once we finally had, who's that? KVR came through and put in our, our, uh, you know, our metal huts out there. You had huts. Yeah. They were metal. They were like shipping containers almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a modular shipping container. With air conditioners. Yes. Screw you. (laughs) Um. I, we were supposed to be in that originally because, you know, that was our base of operations. Yeah. Um, so I guess they were just trying to make us feel comfortable. Um, but it wasn't always so. Uh, the generators blew all mm-hmm. the time, you know. One, two o'clock would roll around. You're trying to, you know, rack out, catch a nap before your next patrol. Not mm-hmm. happening. You wake up, you'd wake up 130 degree yep. heat just cooking in them fucking things like a sardine cooking, man. It was it's horrible. Um, but it, when it worked, obviously it was great. <clears throat> you know, we had, you know, lights and, and AC and, you know, hard floor. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when we, uh, we got down to Camp Fallujah, 
we were there twice. So the first one we were staying in, those like big old GP mm-hmm. tents. And actually both times. The second time we stayed in the, it was or some kind of Iraqi or Iranian training camp. Or we called it ITC. Mm-hmm. But we would walk, literally walk a freaking mile. You're, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, all right, let's take, yeah, let's see, did they got to come and suck our shit up? Because if you didn't, they wouldn't work. So you have right. to know the schedule. You'd walk out there and it was heaven. Um, I remember um, the showers that we had there, they were kind of the same thing. They were like a trailer and they had they had AC and stuff on, but those tend to work a lot less than it, than it did in our huts. That was not the main concern. It was the same thing. It went out to like this uh, this giant shit tank outside, yep. and they would come pump it every day, yep. along with the the Porter Johns. Yes, and uh, but that didn't really come until near the end of deployment. Um, yeah, it was, it was well, uh, pretty gnarly. They used to be on like a pretty good schedule, and then. Uh... You wouldn't see the guys for weeks mm. because, uh, you know, the, uh, the insurgents were threatening them and saying, yeah. you know, we're going to kill your family if you come continue to work there for them. Yeah. Well, that was a shitty part, man. You know, I know, you know, there were some good people out there. Obviously, there's tons of people that wanted, you know, to see all of us burn and die and, you know, just get the fuck out, which yeah. you know, I get. And then, trust me when I say that um, that was the same consensus on our end. We yeah. didn't. We really didn't want to be there. No. Uh, it, you know, we used to always joke around that, you know, it felt like it was the uh, Vietnam of the desert. Agreed. 100%. All the time. Yep. And, you know, they went through, did their job, and then they kind of made us the, you know, retaining force, the the mm-hmm. opposing force of these people just because they wanted to establish some, you know, government or, you know, whatever. Stability. Yeah, right. Which, yeah. I mean, sure, I understand, but... It felt really um, forced, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being being somebody from that place, you know, even if this was here, you know, you'd feel the same way. You'd feel compelled to chase them out or, you know, push them away, resist as much as you can. And that's what yeah. they did. But the shitty thing of it is, is that you would get a lot more people who were, like you're saying, not directly involved, got directly involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's very enticing. I mean, you're going to, you know, Americans going to pay you good money. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's cash money yeah. back then, too. Yeah. I'm sure uh, it still but, is. It, you know, if you work with the Americans, you get money. If you work with the insurgents, you don't die. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what they, you know, brought yeah. it down to them. It's like, do you want to die or do you want to make money? I'm like, oh, I want to do both. Mm-hmm. And when we were in... Fallujah, outside Camp Fallujah, I mean, they they had so many Iraqis there working on the base, but Mm -hmm. uh, right working up right before we took over the city, they were like non-existent. Because, you know, we had sent flyers and Mm -hmm. dropped them and saying, you know, if you stay in the city, you're going to die. So GTFO. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, you know, because we had our own um, translators and stuff that were stuck with us every once in a while. Because they would still send us out on regular patrol missions and stuff, you know, mounted, unmounted. The unmounted, it was only a handful of those, but it was mostly mounted. And every once in a while, we'd have, you know, the the translator attached to us. And the same thing, uh, when big shit was going down, they'd disappear. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so where where we were at for QRF, we actually, we were still in our metal huts, but we had our own almost like Ghostbuster firehouse in a way. Nice. Because we had a place that was probably about two miles down the road on the side of the base. And it was actually pretty nice. It had like this big covered carport and we had like... Was there a pole? <sighs> unfortunately not. It was only Damn one it. story. It Damn was, it. Like I said, kind of, sort of. Um, but it... It was, it was pretty decent, you know. We had this shitty TV in there. We had some power. We had bunks, like literally bunk beds. And we would just, you know, rotate every like six to eight hours. Like, yeah. You know. And we, it was, uh, we had 
and that was when we were on call and there was um two of us at all times it was uh shogun and samurai that was our our call names back then that came <laughs> that came from lieutenant's son well, yeah that's not surprising yeah <laughs> yeah lieutenant son wherever you are we understand yeah we love you buddy <laughs> but yeah we, we were shogun and samurai and uh so we would you know come in after you know patrol or if we were inserting snipers or picking up snipers whatever we were doing you know we sometimes we just go punch out and just go do lpops you know so it was more than just qrf most of the time it was it was actively you know going out and you know being part of the main patrol and everything yeah and um i remember one night i was in the top it was in the top rack in there and it was about 2 a.m and they started mortaring the shit out of us and it ended up being rockets yeah those are fun yeah because they had so we had the the big flight line was behind us like they had the big c5 air knights out there mm-hmm. dropping off m1a room supplies and all that shit all the time and so whenever those guys would come in um you'd see rockets or mortars flying, you know, within a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being at the chow hall, sitting there eating, you know, this is like six, six, eight months in the deployment. And you got, uh, you know, new guys or people that are passing through and they're like freaking out, hiding up underneath, you know, table like this, yeah, man, like a yeah. little picnic table. Yeah. And we're just all sitting there eating our breakfast. Like, yeah. they going to fucking do any good, man. Nope. It took me. So when you're at the, at Fallujah, it was like clockwork every morning, like five in the morning, they would mortar us. And the first couple of times I was like freaking out. Everybody's yeah. running around, you know, I got a huge gash in my, my, uh, shin from hitting a tent stake. But, uh, after like a week, I just grabbed my flak jacket, lay it on me like a blanket and go back to sleep. So yeah. if it gets me, it gets me. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember the same thing. Like the first time it, it happened within our, First week of being in country, Gunny was freaking out. <laughs> he was running around, underwear, <laughs> flat jacket, you know, helmet. And he's got that the cod piece that goes yeah, yeah. Thread, like you know, just smacking him, protect your balls. <laughs> Jans, get the fuck out. Let's go. Okay, you know, coming through with yeah. his little head bubble. Yep. Speaking of flat jacket and underwear, so. <clears throat> On top of Hadetha Dam, I don't know how many people know about this, but it was the night before we uh, convoyed out to Fallujah. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have had several little airplane bottles of alcohol shipped to me. <laughs> you know, and they're telling us, you know, to expect 50% casualties. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, well, you know what? This is the night to drink it all. Yeah. And apparently everyone else had the same thought, including our two docs. We were all of the corpsmen were sloshed. So we're up at the top of the dam, and um, one of the docs is like, we should go streaking around the LZ. What the fuck? And we're like, hell yeah. So we come out. I'm wearing nothing but my underwear, my boots, my boonie, and my rifle. So we go over to the LZ. Thank God I kept my boxers in my hand. Everyone else chucked their underwear over to the side, and we're running around the LZ just butt-ass naked with rifles and boots. Well... The battalion commander's convoy (laughs) starts to roll up at the top of the dam. Our chief snatches up everybody's underwear and takes off. That's fucked. (laughs) Yeah. So we're all trying to hide and not get seen before, you know, we go in there. And the second thing was probably like our second week in the taking out, taking over Fallujah. I got pulled back to uh right outside the city and um trying to sleep and um you know we start hearing cries for corman mm-hmm. corman right after we had taken some incoming rounds well it turned out to be it was ours it was friendly artillery mm. uh and it hit a couple of guys from another battalion so me and uh our chief um i was wearing nothing again but my boxers my boots I threw on my flak jacket, my uh, med bag, and we just haul ass in the middle of the dark trying to find them. And I think they took like six or six to eight casualties from that. Oh, shit. I don't remember that. You know, I mean, I, you know, again, we were several units. And everything. You were already 
gone. I think so. I think, yeah, we were there for the first week of Fallujah, give or take. And then we were doing indirect fire support. And even with that, um, we were just set up in people's yards and their fields. And, and I got pictures of all the stuff. We, I think we may have fired the whole time that we were in country, maybe 10 more rounds, hmm. maybe. And I'd say 70% of them were loom rounds. Actually, Will no, be? I'll say almost 100% were loom rounds. Really? In support of, um, you know, line platoons and stuff that were advancing. And then even snipers. Um, gosh, I remember, was it Andy? Andy Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, he was out... I think he was out by some prison on the south side of Fallujah. It was like a, it looked like a prison, but I think it was like a schoolyard, and they had a mosque right at the end of that. And I remember there were Abrams out there, and everybody was just lighting that that fucking thing up. Yeah. It was like a Christmas tree. It was you know rounds. It was most of the day, most of the night, and I just never understood why. They just didn't fire their main cannon because they were just, you know, chopping away at it with 50 counts. They were trying to save the mosque. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Not us. They said, take it out. Well, I mean, when I remember, they did knock it out. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I I can't remember if they leveled the whole bottom. I just remember the top of all that. Um, Yeah. Fallujah, Fallujah was a little fucked. We, um, no, as soon as we had set up our aid station right outside the city, it was right on the other side of the train tracks before you'd go in. I remember we'd set it up. The whole time I'm in Iraq, I'm like, I hope I don't have to dig a foxhole. I hope I don't have to dig because it's sand, it's rock, it's yeah. going to suck. So we set up the, set up the uh, aid station and I hear this shoo, but it was like slow-mo. Like, I'm like, what is that sound? Well, you know what? I'm pretty sure that sounds a rocket. Oh, shit. So we all get down. Mm-hmm. And I low crawl to the side of the uh, aid station tent. And I look over. And it's like 15 feet from us, right in the dirt. I was like, whoa. Get up. I go grab my shovel. And I immediately start digging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just your <laughs> Yeah, man. I didn't say a word. No complaining, nothing. I was just like, yep. And uh, it turns out the only thing that saved us is they forgot to pull the pin on the head of the rocket. Oh, that was taking the whole aid station out. Yeah, uh, I think it was Cat Platoon. No, not Cat Platoon. I don't know why. I don't know why I said Cat. I think it was headquarters. They they had uh, bombed us, uh, mortared us, or rocket. It was rocket. I think it was rocket up there on Al Assad. And where the uh, battalion headquarters was for us, I want to say one of the rockets actually hit the building. The same thing, no pin was pulled. Yeah, and it landed on like some uh, staff sergeant, some gunny's rack or something. Like uh, he just got to go take a piss or something. And yeah, came back and there was like a fucking rocket just chilling there. So, <laughs> yeah, I got I got pictures of that stuff somewhere. Pretty wild. Let's see. There was that one. That. There was quite a few times I uh, that well, when when I was leaving, I I'd already put it in my head that I wasn't going to come back. Yeah, I think think all of us. Yeah, did. oh yeah, I was like, is it? it? Yeah, I ain't coming back. Yeah, and then there's, oh no, there's a handful of times where I was like, holy crap, I should be dead right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, we had lost, we had twenty one ki in our seven months. You know, and I think 17 of them were within two or three weeks when we were in there. Um, and I don't know how many, 70, 80 to 100 wounded. Yeah. You know, when we were inside the city, because we were the only guys to set up aid station in the city mm-hmm. in Fallujah, because, you know, we were realizing 
trying to get them, you know, Kazi backed out of the city and then to us and then to, you know, the surge there in this at Camp Fallujah is just too much time. So our doc put us, we got up to a phase line Fran there and there was a governmental complex. And as soon as we got up to there, we set up uh, in a little prayer shack and, um, you know, we, we started receiving not only our casualties, but other units, um, some of the insurgents, as well as people that stayed in the city. And that was the thing is you don't know who's who. You know, yeah, it never did. No. Never did. No. And there was never like a uniform for the bad guy, you know, yeah. like all the other wars, you know, Vietnam, you know, World War Two, Korea, World War One, they everybody, you know. That's the bad uniform, kill them. These are just, they look like everyday people and then they'll mm -hmm. wave in your face and then as you walk by, shoot you in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, you know, we had some pretty rough times. Dealt some pretty bad shit. Um, I think one of the ones that affects me to a degree, I guess because I knew him semi-personally, was uh, Staff Sergeant Best. Mm-hmm. And that one still gets to me because, you know, he was such a, he's a really nice person. Yeah, he you was. Know, he's a really, really good guy. To be a to scout sniper and to have that mindset of a super badass motherfucking killing machine, and you look at him, you wouldn't put two and two together, but. Yeah. It was, it was I think, you know, obviously not only, you know, the whole sniper platoon, I think everybody that knew him. You know, to some degree, was, was still affected by that. Oh yeah, you know, he's just laid back dude, easy guy to get along with. You could talk about you know anything to him. That was a great thing. Mm -hmm. Even if he wasn't part of your unit or anything, he would still try to help you out. Yeah, he's like big brother. He was. He yeah. really was, man. And you know, I remember Andy had told me, and Andy came and and uh, he's like, "Hey kid," he's like, "You know, I get I get some bad to tell you." He's like, "You know." I'm, Staff sergeant was killed. And I had heard it over the radio because I believe I was on watch that night. You know, and so that one was, um, that one sucked. <laughs> um, I think even, you know, the, the second worst, um, if we're going to go down this path here, was was uh, Sekula. I know you didn't know Dustin. Mm -mm. Um, he was like this 19-year-old uh, cowboy kid from uh, Texas. You know, he was, you know, God-fearing, you know, loved his country. And then, of course, you know, me, Derek, and Travis at the time were how we were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, we would we would really, you know, push him and, and question him. Yeah. Yeah, I really questioned him on that. But he was a good kid, you know. And, and um, you know, you didn't really we we got to sit down and talk to him all the time especially about the bible and stuff and you know all three of us had read it before and i, I know it's, it's probably coming off that we sound like a bunch of pricks right now especially if i got an older i was like man we we you know we were assholes yeah, you're questioning and pushing and right yeah. he i think he's the one that kind of uh still sticks with me and, and and fucks with me the most because again you know he was 19 um, he's fresh in the Marine Corps, you know, he was all, uh, God and country and, you know, I, I'd probably say, you know, you know, get chunk of guys were, but a lot of us, uh, weren't, uh, you know, being B1 at the time and, you know, Travis and all them. So, you know, we always pushed him and questioned him on everything. And, but we, we did it out of, not out of spite or out of hate just to, and not even to test his own conviction, just to hear him talk as passionate as he did about it, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where when he got killed, it's like, fuck, I wish I could have done more. Oh, yeah. But I know there wasn't anything I could have done. Yeah. You know, besides some kind of divine intervention. It wasn't happening, you know. Um so, have I ever told you the story? No. I don't think I have. No. So, um, we got called out to, we, we were on patrol one night, and they had, you know, good intel on a weapons cache. And it was April 1st on top of that. Mm. Yeah. And so, we went out to this little town, if I remember right, that was just um, south of Heat called Cabeza. 
and it was like five or six miles or so from here. Like you kind of see the city, the, the lights and stuff from it. You know, I remember Chris. Chris was my driver, and um, I was a driver, and I was actually supposed to be in the lead, lead Humvee machine gun. And one of the other junior Marines, what was his name? Maynard. Maynard had always talked to him all the time. He wanted to get up the machine gun, you know, showed him how everything worked and, you know, he was good. <clears throat> Got him up there and he had the, the big ass, you know, the, uh, if you remember the big PAPS 13, that yeah, big, big old thermal. Yeah. Because I was the only, I was the only guy in the, in our platoon. No. Yeah. I think so. That had one and I had it on my saw. And, uh, we we were going out there and I ain't always tell Jesse, he was like, Hey man, you know, if you're gonna be in here tonight, you need to keep your eyes open. You know, you gotta look through that thing like ninety percent of the time you're out here. Everything's gonna be black and white because it was, you know, yeah, heat. Um black and white or white and black. Yeah, yeah. It was sometimes you you know, invert it and you see other things, sometimes you wouldn't. But um you know, we came around this bend, so it, it came down. And I remember seeing these arches and we had to make a left before the arches. And it was like a bunch of um, city buildings mm -hmm. that were that were right there. And there's this big like um, concrete wall. They had like center block wall. Uh, it's probably like 10 feet high. Right. And so we're on the outskirts of that and we're driving down this this dirt road and the dirt road goes down and kind of cuts over to the right. And it just so happened that night we actually had no stars no moon hmm. cloud coverage yeah and as soon as we got <clears throat> i don't know about halfway through that that straightaway i looked over at chris i said did you hear that because we were the second humvee he's like no i don't i don't hear anything you know the humvees are loud it's kind of hard yeah. to hear and then i'm hearing screaming from the back and guy was yelling you know um you know somebody you know contact left you know somebody shooting from the left and next thing you know i hear derek he was actually the driver of that humvee and travis was um the a gunner or the a driver excuse me and travis got shot yeah and that still fucks me up even though you know he's completely fine you know, he's not dead. Yeah. You know, I, I guess it's because, you know, we were really, really close. Yeah, for years and years. Yeah. And then we still are, you know, and talk to him as, you know, as much as I can. Yeah, it's my favorite Canadian right there. But, you know, as soon as that happened and I heard that Travis was shot, I collectively lost my shit. I remember jumping out of the Humvee. And it was probably about a good 30 feet or so between my Humvee and their Humvee. And everybody's yelling, contact left, contact left. And as I was running, I was shooting. I was returning fire. I was just, I dumped, I think, a whole magazine. And by the time I got up to him, I reloaded. And I was on the front of the Humvee. I grabbed him out of the passenger seat and threw him up against the wheel well. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where the hell he was hit. Meanwhile, the guys are in the back because we didn't have the up armored Humvees. There was no, yeah, <laughs> these yeah, they, just you know the wagons. Yeah, they didn't have the green doors yet. No, we we were still running with the uh, um, the really thin, flimsy ones. Yeah, and I think after that they actually got us the the ones that um, not the up armored Humvees, of course, but. They got to stop a seven six two. Yeah, they had yeah. the the armor that attached to the yep. top of the door frame that was like a hook. Yeah, hook into the window. Yep. But they were a fucking joke too. Yeah. Especially on the flimsy doors. Yep. Because there were many times when me and Merlo were driving, fucking doors just laying out in the middle of the road. Yep. Oh, there goes that. Like that happened. Yep. But as I got up there, you know, Travis is. I don't say he's screaming, but you know, he's definitely in discomfort and pain. And I just remember looking at him like, all right, buddy, where where you hit? Where you hit? He's like, it was my arm. It's like, what the fuck? Like, how did you get hit in the arm? Like, you're in the passenger seat. Like, in my head, it did not make any sense. Yeah. So, as all this is going on, dude, this is probably 
two minutes, three minutes. It, I mean, it obviously felt like an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as you're, you know, shooting, you know, being shot at, return of fire, everything speeds up but slows down yep. all at the same time. And Cordova was um, Dustin's really good friend, and he was right beside him. And it still chokes me up, man. You know, the kid, you know, obviously he saw what was going on because we had a bell-fed machine gun slamming into the side of that Humvee. And you're talking maybe 40, 50 feet away. Yeah. There was a trench that was dug out. And it wasn't like a pre-done. This was this, or, um, it was an existing like irrigation ditch that ran alongside the road because yeah. there was a field right there. And he... I just remember looking up and catching a glimpse and seeing those three guys in the back just lighting that fucking thing up. So I wasn't even concerned. Yeah, yeah. You know, with that at the time, even though shit's popping and, you know, yeah. popcorn and all around you, you know. And, and so I got him. And somehow, I don't know, I still to this day, Derek, you got to tell me how the fuck you got around that Humvee without getting hit. Because I really don't know. Derek was the driver. Obviously, he threw it in park. And he come running around. I have I have no idea. I don't I don't know. It's, it's still it, in my even in my head. There's I can't. no there's no rhyme or reason. Right. Yeah. And we're taught the whole time, never stop in a kill zone. Yeah. Because that's exactly what we were in. But for some reason we did, and you know I don't put that blame on anybody. You know it was just part of the situation. Yeah. And I remember this looking at Travis. He's like, yeah, I'm hitting my arm. And Derek was right there, you know, beside me within, you know, five, 10 seconds of me being there. And I was yelling, you know, I was like, fuck, who's got a knife? Who's got a knife? Because I was so scrambled because this is a really good friend of mine. My yeah, friend's yeah. hurt. So I'm not even thinking clearly. Yeah. Meanwhile, I had my K-bar sitting right here in my flag jacket. Yep. And Travis is like, you got one on your fucking shoulder. It's right there in your chest. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, shit. So I took it off. Cut a sleeve, fingered him. Ain't the first time. No, it probably won't be the last. <laughs> and I can't remember if Derek grabbed the quick clot out of my med bag, those little hip med bags that we had, or out of his, and dumped that shit on him, wrapped him up. And then <clears throat> we were like, you good? He's like, yeah. And the whole time, they're still returning fire. Yeah, yeah. All this is going on. I'm trying to think. And the fourth vehicle was Deitch. And our corpsman at the time, Leomo. I want to say it was Leomo. I don't know. I probably, I'm probably completely wrong because it's just a lot of that stuff is so distorted. Yeah. For, I don't, I guess you just try to bury it. Yep. You know? But I remember Deitch being out there and I, I can't remember. If they saw, I know they saw what was going on, but I don't know if it registered with them and they started opening fire as well. And then, you know, we get Travis up and he's kind of laying across the hood with his arm up, <clears throat> sitting on the Humvee. And he took his good hand and he was still trying to return fire. But he was, you know, obviously in shock and everything else at the time. You know, he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he was bleeding out. And come to find out, you know, that bullet traveled from the upper part of his elbow, the back of his bicep, all the way up behind his shoulder blade near his spine, um, just just missing nerves, but it's around nerves. Yeah. So yeah, he got lucky. And then, you know, as all that's going on, I think me and Derek were talking was talking to Travis, just making sure he was fine. And then I looked up and I saw him, I saw him go down. I saw Dustin just hit, just boom, like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And that, that still haunts me to this day. You know, he was just a kid. You know, we all were. We were young. You know, but at the time, you know, we were the senior guys at, you know, what, 21, 22 years old. Yep. And, um, you know, I don't know. I guess for somebody that you knew and that you actually talked with, it was pretty hard. And it's still pretty hard to deal with. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of the... 
the some some of the things I have difficulty with is you know I was an augment T to the Italian so you know much most of these guys they've already known each other for years more and uh, I was only with them you know maybe five six months before we shipped out and you know there was um, the ones that hit me the most were um, mostly our snipers because you know I went out and did a few shoots with them at, at safety corpsman and. Those are the ones that hurt me the most. But, you know, before before Iraq, I'd never seen dead body. Never. Yeah. You know, and I remember uh, the first day of the battle, we had, I was still outside of the city at that point, and we started receiving casualties. And we had this, um, I believe it was a recon Marine. He was our first uh, KIA, and they brought him back to us. And I was, I was trying to hold it together. I was like, holy crap. You know, and I got, you know, this E2. H-A-H-N, and, you know, he's kind of starting to lose it himself, and he's like, I've never seen a dead body. I'm like, what, buddy? Neither have I. You know, and the only thing that really, really fucked with me was realizing that he was dead, he was gone, and I kept looking at his watch, mm. and his watch kept on ticking. Yeah. You know, and it but was... He didn't. It, but he didn't. It, yeah. it, that messed with me real bad. Um, and then... Uh, Besides him, I say one of our snipers, Nick Zukowski, he got hit with a, by a counter sniper, and um, we took him in to the uh, in the uh, government complex there in our little shack, and you know all the other corpsmen got sent out. It was just me and our doc, and you know there, I knew there was nothing. He had brain matter showing, but he, he still, you know, is eyes looked cognizant like he knew what was going on you know and I mean we tried everything we could and you know I just wish I had wished that there was just an off switch you know so we don't have to we wouldn't have to suffer you know and that that one to this day is probably the worst one you know and we, we had it was just day after day after day of getting people like that and excuse me, getting burned up and, you know, we would say, you know, we, they'd be coming in on Amtrak and be like, we got two and they'd drop it down. They're like, yeah, we got two priorities, but then we got 10 others that are caught shrapnel. So, you know, you're outside, I'm about to be outside, take care of all 10 of them, get them patched up or sent out and then come back inside to deal with the, uh, the other ones. And I mean, we didn't sleep, I think for the first 72 hours. Mm. It sucked. Um, yeah, you know, you, you, you're talking about the, uh, his name was Zikowski. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Dustin was kind of the same way. Um, when he got hit, and these are, you know, 762, yeah. most likely from RPK, PKM. Yeah. He took that like a champ. He took it right above his left eye. Yeah. Crowned. Inside of his helmet, went all the way around. Came, came out the other. Came out his temple. Jeez. And um, the only thing is, is quick. He wasn't dead yet. No, I'm sorry. And that's the worst thing is that um, he was still alive for you know 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And. I remember um, Cordova had caught him and they were in the back of the Humvee and he was just trying to, you know, talk to his friend. And uh, man, it just, it just really fucked me up. Cause he you couldn't, know, he, he couldn't yeah. talk. He did talk. Yeah. That was a crazy thing. He, like I said, that's what I mean. Like he took it like a champ because the dude had brain matter. He was leaking. He was bleeding severely everywhere. You know, he hit, you know, his temple, major artery. Yeah. That shit was squirting out. So I'm assuming that when he got hit, the other guys broke off. Again, because we had nothing to see these guys with. It was fucking pitch black. Yeah. 
you know, MVGs were shit. Pav 13 was shit. Everything was shit. You oh, yeah, it was Flash. Yeah, and it, it was even the Flash from where I was at, it looked further out than it actually was. Because when we finally, when everything was finally done, you know, we, we went out there. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. Um, he, so he was on the back of the Humvee, just bleeding out everywhere. And luckily, there was a Blackhawk. There was an Army Blackhawk that was flying back to Al-Assad from Baghdad. Sam, if I remember right, I think Deitch called in the Kazibag. Yeah. It seems like 30 seconds, may have been more like two to three minutes. But I heard it on the radio just saying, I'm on the way. Yeah. And it's like, all right, what the fuck? Where's this dude at? Next thing you know, here comes this completely blacked out, slammed right down back behind that 10 foot center block wall, power lines Jeez. in the back of a Humvee. He slammed that fucking thing down right down the road. Travis goes running, obviously, you know, like I, I, Derek was helping him out. Yeah. And then we had, a, um, you know, this handheld uh, gurneys, um, cots, basically. Litter. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we threw Dustin on there. And I remember Dustin, he was laying there and just seeing him fade. And, um, you know, he was like, oh, don't worry. He even threw his, he even threw his hand up to everybody. Damn. And said, hey, don't worry, you know, I'll be back. It's all right. And that was it. He 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 got on the helicopter. And that was that. That was that. I believe he died in route. Probably. Um, Travis. <laughs> Travis would be the one to ask about that because he, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It does, man. It's it's a horrible thing. Um, whether you, you know, if you know the person that will or not, it still hits you. And if you happen to know that person that's more personable, it fucks you up even more. Yeah. Well, that was the uh, <clears throat> big question from not only my uh, employer, but, you know, my family when I started uh, my job as a paramedic and a firefighter, you know, how are you going to be able to take all this and there's maybe one or two, uh, you know, calls that, you know, I've had that, that messed me up, but you know, nothing, nothing like Iraq. I don't know. It, it kind of, it's different. It's different. Um, you know, been there, done that, got the, the DD two fourteen for it, you know, um, you know, you, you become numb. Yeah. I get to everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I go through it all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you know, with my, uh, my dad back in 2011 was in a bad motorcycle accident and, you know, I didn't think if he was going to live and, you know, that while he was on a vent, my grandmother died and, you know, and I never shed a tear for them or any, you know, any yeah. of my family has passed away, you know, is like are you able to or are you you know but then you'll you'll see you know some commercial on tv you know and or you know some tv show and break the fuck down and start crying you're like what in the hell yeah there's no rhyme or reason for it mm -mm. it's not um you know and to follow up with with what happened to dustin um there was was it april i believe it was later that month or early may there was an army convoy that was coming from Ramadi Fallujah area. It was coming to bring, you know, diesel and everything up to us um, in Al-Assad. And um, they got ambushed. I believe it was about 10 tankers, IEDs, RPGs. Damn. And we got called out to that. And I, you know, that shit sticks with you. Big, bloody, nasty, stinky things. <sighs> yeah, just yeah. seeing, you know, somebody who somehow stayed in the vehicle or maybe they didn't have a choice. You know, there was no way for him to get out. You know, just a complete charred in time body. Yep. Just frozen. It's like they were just frozen in a block of ice, but charred. Yep. And they may have been hit. Before. Exactly. You know, I, I have no clue. Yeah, that's, 
It's but not they had us out there on part of the watch last cleanup crew on that. Gym. Yeah, that sucks. And then on the way back, we had been up, you know, 24, 26 hours at that point, I believe, because we had already went out for a daytime patrol out in heat. Uh, I think we had Echo Company or somebody with us, and they were catching contact. And we were across the Euphrates, posted up in a palm grove, like most of the day, like going house to house and all this shit. And then, you know, we get back, finally get something to eat. And then all that just went, happened, went to shit. So we're trying to take, you know, rotating, you know, firewatch shifts at, at night. Um, really didn't work too well. Everybody was way too on edge no, no. because it, it was kind of the same thing um, from it, it was a, a like six to eight foot center block wall. And you could see where they dropped the RPGs, where the machine gun rounds were all through there, the IED holes, everything. So it was planned, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, that was that's almost just as bad because they were just fishing a barrel. Yep. I never remember seeing. I saw them before. Um, those 18 wheelers with mounted uh, 50 cals and stuff on the top. None of these that I recall. Yeah, they're and probably I think it was transport. Line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they all got, everybody got killed. And uh, so we, it was early dawn the next morning. It must have been what, eight, nine in the morning when we finally were like done. Engineers came out. They had wreckers out there grabbing everything. And so we went ahead. And as we're leaving, you know, of course, you always watch the fucking bridges. Oh, yeah. So we split the bridge in the middle like you always do. And we always, you know, one humdy and then the next one. But you were punching it as quick as you can get that, that heavy yeah. bitch to go. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like know. when you're a kid and you turn out the lights and go up the stairs. Yeah, you're trying to... <laughs> quick as you can. <laughs> and he... Uh, I think John was, was the driver again. And I was the passenger. And we had um, Army EOD with this. It was the third vehicle. Just in case, you know, there was more IEDs yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Nope. Come across that bridge. And every time you want to cross a bridge, and even to this day, I still don't, you know, really trust bridges. Yeah. Um, it was like slow motion. I was looking in the mirror, the same spot we just went past, and two 155s just went off. Damn it. And it was like this plume, and it was in slow motion. And I, I remember smacking him. I was like, fucking stop. Stop. So we, you know, split off on the side of the road and we were right at a pretty thick part of the Euphrates. And I remember just palm groves and these long reeves and stuff. And there were houses right there. And then, you know, we all kind of punched out all the way to the river, you know, trying to trying to find out whoever did it. And um, of course, you know, nobody's yep, around. Yeah. You know. No insurgents here. And uh, right to the to the opposite side of the river was a plateau. And we never made our way up to the plateau, but I still to this day think that they were on the plateau. Watching them. Phoned it down. Yeah. And, you know, they were just using the house as, you know, the distraction. And um, it was, I want to say it was an army master sergeant and a specialist. I may have completely butchered that as well. But your story as you uh, see it? (laughs) I I don't, I didn't know them. Yeah. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I just remember you know i was hearing from the other guys but i remember he was like he was a tall motherfucker too dude he was like six three six four he comes out of that humvee same thing they just had the the shitty thin humvee doors loaded with comp b and everything else in the back <laughs> yeah somehow the humvee didn't blow up somehow they both survived yeah the driver he actually it actually broke both of his legs I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they slammed into the into the other end of the bridge, you know, snapped his legs, you know, obviously from the concussion. And then I remember him getting out, and he was a crusty son of a bitch anyway, man. He got out, and he was just looking for somebody at his pistol drawn. <laughs> he was peppered, peppered in rocks, that peat rock. Yeah. And I remember 
when it was all said and done, and we we got back, and I saw him a couple of days later. Um, you know, they released him back from BAS and stuff, and he had you know one two inch rocks, you know, embedded in his skin. Yeah, and where they went through and, and cut yeah. it out, I was like, holy fuck, man, you're a better man than I am because <laughs> adrenaline, man. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing, dude. It's a hell of a thing. Um, you know that that's some of it. That's not my whole story. I know it's not your. Oh whole story. no, we got we got, we have a lot more stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming. Or appreciate you inviting me out here. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime you want to come talk, hang out, shoot the shit, go to some tacos. Tacos. We got to do tacos. Yes. Man. So you let me know. I'll go do tacos. Taco sounds good.